if you look up how to start a business and you take advice from a random blog that shows up first, some website that does content, that's not, you're not necessarily going to get the meat and potato. It's harmful for people to take business advice from somebody who's never started a business and is just being negative. It's tricky, but who you take advice from is so critical. Um, and it's something I spend a huge deal of time um, figuring out for myself. You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast, your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. One of the newer concepts I had formed for my own view of the world is the idea of a bedrock, similar to rock bottom, but positive. If one fears being at their lowest point, then one should raise that point. With this in mind, our talk with marketing extraordinaire John Cristani explores the relationship between our place in the world relative to those above and below us, and addresses the very human fear of elevating ourselves at the risk of ending up somewhere lower. John's particular innovative approach, in addition to making the most of our digital industry, has also paid great respect to what was prior established, seeking guidance from those who paved the way and the methods they used to get there. More specifically, those who retired and aren't necessarily being sought out for their knowledge by other innovators, or heck, even a show like ours, and also using television to seek a market relevant this very instant. John Cristani, it is good to have you here on Ecomonics. Uh, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? Dude, pretty good. Pretty good. Just got uh, back from uh, doing stuff with my personal trainer and uh, had a knee injury, so working on recuperating it. Oh, did you... Um... Get the, did you have the personal trainer prior to that, or was that somebody you picked up to help you with that recovery? Uh, a little bit of that and a little bit of because I'm getting old now. I'm like 33 years old. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 31. Yeah. I, do take, I took pride in like the first 10 gray hairs that spouted, but now they're starting to yeah. develop en masse and they're forming a union up there. So, you know, over time, they're becoming a little bit less appreciated, but, you know, I'll do my best to grow into it. So first question, uh, this is the Ecomonics uh, tradition, and I, I am, it's always great to be able to look into what my guests are doing and see what they're up to, and you certainly have a lot to bring to the table. So uh, take it away. Tell us who you are and what do you do? Sure. So my name is John Cristani. I'm uh, running a software and uh, training, uh, online training company. We do, uh, you know, my business, I have two people working for me. We do roughly $6 million uh, per year. We are on TV every night, uh, late night infomercials. So that's how we get our initial customers in is where uh, we're paying all the TV companies, um, you know, like 100000 a week or whatever to uh, get advertising space. And then we are selling stuff on that advertising space and the goal is to make more money from our customers and from the sale of our software than that we can and um the goal that we're working towards is uh we are you know we're we're working towards finding product market fit in uh software so um and uh so i'm just hiring a lot of tech people data engineers uh developers right now to help us figure that out 
Excellent. So I, I, I'm going to get to question two, which is just about, you know, your evolution. I know your backstory about how, um, you know, your, the, the agency you worked for. Uh, so I want to hear that story, but I, I, I got to stop on um, you guys being on TV because I, we, of all the people that I've talked to, typically it's about the transitioning into the more contemporary. Once in a while, I get to talk to somebody who has their, their hands in a more classic uh, mediums. Uh, lately, I talked to somebody who's big on retail and in-store. So what was the, the, the drive to find this advertising space and on television and you just make sure that this was a, a viable return on investment? Great question. So, I mean, what I view my role as in uh, just being an entrepreneur is really it's just pattern recognition. It's, you know, once 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 you, you know, it, you know, we can get people to do anything. We can hire people to do anything. But, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, we need to see where things are going, where the puck is going, because we need to skate there to meet it. Um, and uh, what I saw happening, I'd started uh, when I started uh, my info product business because I started teaching people how to do marketing a few years ago. And that's how a lot of people know me. You know, I have a bunch of people that follow me on YouTube and all that stuff now. I've seen me on TV, et cetera. Um, but I'd started in 2016, 17 advertising on YouTube to reach people. I'd pay YouTube and then I'd sell things to make money um now on youtube i started and i was paying for each person to see my ad i was paying two to three cents okay now over time over the course of a few years and what i saw you know at towards the end of 2019 was that my costs had gone up from spending two cents to reach a person to 28 cents to reach a person and that was driven largely by the fact that the this this training industry, um, this industry for people wanting, you know, some sort of training and some sort of like self-employed career or whatever, um, just blew up in that time. People call them gurus, uh, you know, online gurus, real estate gurus, they're stock trading gurus, and they all advertise on YouTube now. So I went from a marketplace of it was like me, Ty Lopez, and maybe a dozen other people advertising on YouTube uh, in my in my space to there being about 25,000 people in 2020. And I just kind of knew, I, I saw where things were going. And the other thing I felt uncomfortable with was because of this increased cost uh, that was just destroying, you know, my business margins. Um, what I'd also, what, what, what also came with that was because of this increased competition, you increasingly got bad actors, um, people that would, in order to make back their cost of advertising, they would do marketing in a hyper aggressive, non-compliant way, borderline financial fraud. And in some cases, just pure financial fraud, um, in order to make back the cost of advertising. So I didn't feel comfortable with where I saw things going and I didn't want to necessarily fight that battle. Um, so what I, you know, because I, there's 25,000 people, right. And they're all just hungry wolves and there's, you know, it's the wild West. Um, so, but I saw TV and I knew TV was a proven, uh, a proven medium for reaching people, obviously, but somehow everybody in my industry, in what's called the business opportunity industry, 
had forgotten about TV. So I said, I said, well, I know it works. There is no competition. And then on YouTube, I'm dealing with, you know, tons of comp. Why don't I just try TV? And uh, people have more money on TV. It's an older demographic than YouTube. So I just, I said, you know, and I had a buddy around me who also said, hey, you know, you want to do a TV ad with me? Um, A quarter million dollars. Do you have a quarter million dollars lying around? I said, you know, yeah, I do. And yeah, I'm interested in doing TV advertising. So I took that, um, uh, I took it seriously and I launched a few TV ads uh, until we got profitable. And um, here we are today. It's, and it's a pretty good space to be in having no competition. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly no competition uh, in in regards to your space. I, I don't know exactly what time the infomercials are on. I, I guess well, you said like a late night, so I haven't turned into a late night infomercial in some time. Or late yeah. night, yeah, midnight to eight a.m. Yeah, and the last time I tuned into, uh, I was watching TV that late. Um, it was, oh man, it was it was a while ago. It was those ads where you would uh, see pictures of people on the beach and have a phone call for a good time. That was like the last reputation I have of it, uh, which does lead me to what I think is a, is a fair uh, question here about, um, cause you, you say that it's a proven method and I think and te- television is certainly a proven medium, but I think the perspective on, um, infomercials is, uh, precarious. So in your experience, what infomercials or what ads that you had modeled previously before you got there, did you look at as uh, metrics of success? And conversely, if you'd seen ones that went awry, I'd like to hear those too. Great question. Great question. Um, uh, and it's a great question because you're assuming that, uh, and obviously you know something about marketing, you're assuming that I, I modeled my infomercial after others, which I did 100%. In fact, I looked at the top Three infomer- uh, sorry, well, I, I looked at the top three business opportunity infomercials closely, but for about a dozen, I literally just, I downloaded them and I would just watch them and I would write down every single word, every single sentence, um, uh, ev- ev- who was speaking every sentence of, ev- of, of, of about a dozen different infomercials in my space to model myself after them. And in fact, the script that I wrote for my infomercial was very similar. Like just, you know, like take, take another infomercial and just change out a few words. Um, uh, and that's what I did. Um, another way that I validated that infomercials were an effective form of advertising in my industry was I actually reached out to every single person who had run a business opportunity infomercial. I figure, what do I have to lose, right? So many folks are scared to do outreach, whether it's to, you know, whether it's for sales or marketing or for hiring or for people are just so scared of cold outreach nowadays. And that's something I don't really understand. And I, I encourage everyone to always do cold outreach um, because it's oftentimes the fastest way to get to where you're going. And uh, in this case, I reached out to a bunch of people who had successful infomercials, who had made tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars. And uh, one of them got back to me. Uh, in fact, sorry, two um, I had conversations with. And they told me they were they were retired from uh, the, the industry. And they just told me everything. They were tired. 
they were re retired and they just said, hey, yeah. And they told me every number that I should be at, where I should be advertising. And it wasn't hard. I didn't have to pay anybody anything. I just had to not be scared and reach out to the people that would have the fastest way in. And for them, the benefit for them and talking to me was they understood they 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 were in the business of marketing because they loved it. So talking to somebody else who was who was proactive, who's doing interesting things in marketing, um, uh, and was coachable. And I think that's a very important thing is just being coachable. And uh, because they didn't need to spend their time with me, they didn't need to go to lunch or spend hours on calls with me. But for them, I'm such an enthusiastic marketer that people people love that and they want to be surrounded. They get the enthusiasm. So they'll spend the time with me for free and give me tips that will that that have been making me millions of dollars. So it's 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 uh, yeah, I'm really fortunate or lucky if you want to call it that. So one observation that I would say, and I can, I can speak to this just from um, my own uh, position, you know, definitely in like the journeyman's uh, setting, uh, which is that reaching out to somebody, um, the concern isn't that they might not answer because that's just, okay, well, nothing happens. The concern is actually if they do answer and then I don't have yeah. maybe like good enough questions ready, or I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm about to um, turn this interaction with them. Um, and I'm going to get like a bronze medal out of it when I could get gold or platinum. So I think an own lack of our own self drive and our own clear direction. I think that might actually be the reason why sometimes like a successful uh, contact might actually be the reason that people are scared and not necessarily, you know, a, a rejection or even nothing at all. Yeah. And I'd, I'd agree with that. And I'd say if you go even deeper down a lot of, a lot of success with business has to do with the the confidence um, and the belief, uh, and um, but belief is great when the times are good, but it's not good when the times are bad. I'd say faith is a really powerful word in my vocabulary because faith is about having faith in what you're doing doesn't just permeate when the times are good, but when the times are bad, that is when faith is most important. Um, so having faith is, is super big. Uh, I, I would say, you know, just comp, you know, as I said before, confidence and furthermore, everything I do, I do with a sense of urgency. Um, I'm not just like, Hey man, do you have time sometime? You know, maybe we can kind of talk, look, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm flexible with your schedule. When I do things, you know, I'm, you know, when I'm looking to talk to somebody, I, I reached out to a few billionaires uh, earlier this week because I'm trying to hire a data engineer right now. But um, and the, but the way I reach out has a time constriction to or somewhat of a time constriction. I'm saying, hey, I'm hiring a data engineer right now, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for your interview. Now, these guys are billionaires. They probably won't see my message, but the point that it's timely, it has some relation to time, means that if they are going to respond, they'll respond sometime sooner rather than later. And uh, so I'd say 
what is what, what I don't know. I'm coming up with this on the spot, but I'd uh, I'd say confidence, faith, and urgency um, is something I bring to really all of my relationships. Um, well, one thing I like to, to share into that uh, ether. This was a revelation that somebody had said to me about the difference between motivation and determination. Whereas if someone doesn't have the will to do something, they say, "Well, I'm not motivated today." And I've, I mean. Even just last week, I'm sure I've said that uh, a number of times. Uh, but when somebody said the, that determination, that really set in because it made me realize that if I have a goal, I'm going to get to this goal and not to be too hyperbolic or die trying. This is what I'm going to do. I see this in my future. I'm going to make it to that point. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, it, it, where it gets really difficult is we have a range, we have a normal range of emotional comfortability. And whenever things go out, some people have narrower ranges, some people have wider ranges. And whenever we, you know, as entrepreneurs, especially, or people starting our own businesses, get outside of that range of comfortability, and, uh, and anything can do it. It can be that you just spent $1,000 advertising your new product that you came up with on Amazon and nobody's buying it. And you lost all that money and you're stuck with all this inventory and you don't have any money left and you, you feel like the world is imploding because you can't continue on with your business anymore. Or another thing that could take you out of your range of emotional comfortability is, you know, your dog got sick. Another thing could be your boss yelled at you. Another thing could be that your mom wants you home for Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, and, and you want to uh, start an online store and take advantage of Black Friday, but you have to kind of give that time up to because your mom is guilt tripping you about another Thanksgiving or something. Um, all of those things take us outside of our range of comfortability. And when we get outside of our range of comfortability, all of these things break down. Um, you know, the, the determination, the enthusiasm, the optimism, all the motivational quotes that people are reading to try to push them through starting their own business and getting and, and and that is where all the problems happen imagine a stock price for a second stock prices when they crash they don't they it, it, it's not it, it's it's not a slow downward trend it's like a spike and that's what happens when we're starting a business it's like you know, it, it, you know, it's 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 the same thing with like breaking up with a girlfriend or a boyfriend. But when you stop, when you stop a business, when you break up with a business that you're trying to accomplish, you go back to starting from zero. So many people do that. That one thing that takes them outside of their level of emotional comfortability, boom, they're back to zero. Um, and that's that is the thing more entrepreneurs, I believe, need to be aware of uh, because I haven't made my money from, you know, good rolls in the craps table. I've made I've made my money from the follow through. I've made my money from the long term. It hasn't been the decisions as much as it's been the follow through um, and the long term follow through. That's that's made me. Um, I could use so many examples, but you know, we are living with the internet. It is exponential. Uh, everything is exponential. 
and our brains are trained to think linearly. Okay. You, you do work for an hour, you get paid 10 bucks. You work another hour, you get paid 20 bucks. You get, you know, over time, your salary goes up over time. It's linear progression. Our brains aren't trained to think in what the world is made for nowadays. If you're starting an internet or a, a stock trading business, which is the returns on internet and stock trading businesses are exponential. Uh, it, it happens exponentially. It happens super fast. You go from 1,000 subscribers one month, for, you know, you work six months to get 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, but then the next six months you get 100,000. That's not a linear progression. So it's so unnatural for us to think this way. That's why it's got to be, that's why we've got to be even more aware of what's actually going on in our brain and our emotional state. And this even goes back to Eastern philosophy, which is know thyself, you know, know, know yourself before you can affect others. And like the samurai, one of the books I highly recommend, sorry, I'm just going on a huge mind dump rant here, but samurai, I don't I'm a big fan of those master their <laughs> samurai were taught to master their own mind and their own body before they wielded it as a weapon on other people um you know it's the same with many religions which is know yourself and understand your own emotional states your own patterns your own self-sabotaging behaviors first and that is the most important thing that that's uh th that's a lot to take in definitely a lot of threads to open up there And the one thing that I wanted to make sure that we got to was your, you know, yeah. was your backstory and how you got to this point. And I think it'd be great to also tie in, um, use, you know, you can use yourself as an example of your own emotional awareness and how you got and how you can. And, and after you do that, I also wanted to touch on to the malleability of this, especially with like the clients. Maybe you've, uh, you've worked with people who've, um, who've reached out to you for coaching and how much of it is understanding what is crystallized versus what is liquid and what can actually be expanded and expanded upon. So, uh, so backstory, how you, you know, evolved to become the free person that you are today and, um, your own emotional journey within all of that. Yeah. And everything's just my opinion, obviously, you know, but, but this is what's worked for me, but, um, you know, I spend a lot of time, uh, I'll, I'll generally spend an hour each night or every other night in my bathtub. I put on, I turn off all the lights. I turn on only a candle. I like organics. And um, I, I just notice my thoughts. And sometimes I'll even do this in my chair if I'm feeling anxious. Um, like a lot of entrepreneurs, I'm uh, anxious and I'm impatient and sometimes impetuous. And, uh, what I've, and I, but I know, but knowing that about myself allows me to take different actions. So because I'm impetuous, I wait 24 to 48 hours before making an important decision that's going to affect others. Okay. Um, or course, you know, course changing, right. We're working on software and I want to add this one feature and I say, okay, hold back, John, let's wait on it. Uh, um, knowing I'm, um, knowing I'm impatient, I, uh, 
you know, one of the things I tend to do is whenever I have some free time, I find ways to just gobble up that time. Oh, I'm going to hire a new person or I'm going to go on a I'm going to go start this this project over here. I'm going to oh, and I create long term inertia for myself. So I so even when I'm bored and I'm like, I need to do more stuff, uh, I try I try to hold myself back from putting too much on my plate and overloading myself and holding back my business later. Um, so those are things I do, but I guess it's noticing my thoughts. I think of them like bubbles and I don't necessarily trust every thought that comes through my head because I know two thirds of my brain are not necessarily conscious. So, and those two thirds of my brain creep into my neocortex to make me be like, ah, this is a horrible business. Ah, you know, I should not take that risk. A quarter million dollars could end up as zero dollars and I could buy another house with that. You know, like these are the things, you know, and I have to look at things with a logical, conscious point of view. So that's what I do there. Um, everything is malleable, I would say. Um you know, at, at, like at the end of the day, there are no concrete maxims, but you do see trends and patterns when you watch a lot of interviews. I've probably watched, I'm probably closing in on like a thousand, uh, definitely hundreds of interviews with a centimillionaires, billionaires and decamillionaires. But then what was your third question? Oh, well, and then it was also about, I guess, well, there was, there was two other things, which is, you know, we wanted to hear about like, um, you know, your, your job experience and the, the job that had yeah. uh, really been the catalyst for a lot of this, which is kind of like it's getting into its own subject in of itself. So we'll 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 pin sure. that for just a second. But it's also about how you've identified this in other people too, people that you're working with. And um, if there's been a journey for them to condition themselves emotionally so that, you know, they're ready to take on what it is that they've come to you for in the first place. Yeah. So I, uh, I've personally mentored people within, uh, my company. This is years ago when I had an in-house media buyers. Um, and, but I'd say I'm pretty person, I'm pretty hands-on with mentorship of the students that go through my various programs. I have a number now, uh, we've had, I don't know, we've had like over 30,000 people, uh, sign up for programs of, uh, uh, various training programs of mine. And I, I always do every week I do a webinar with, um, with one group or the other with my students for multiple hours. So I, I, I stay, I, I always want to stay pretty hands-on to figure out what's, um, how the training is actually passing through. Um, what I've seen in terms of, and, and yeah, I, I'd say it's good. You're asking that question because, I see who's successful. I see who's not successful. It's very, it's very evident to me. Um, I'll, I'll go over a few things. So people who have more success starting their own business, um, first off, they come from some sort of background where they've done some sort of commission-based or incentive-based work before, um, where they're used to being measured on the results of what they work for. And they and, and similarly, they understand that the progress is not linear. Um, getting good at sales or telemarketing or door not, you know, door-to-door sales or whatever that is, all requires 
um, a level of wherewithal because in the beginning you're not going to see much results, but after a few months you'll see. You know, you you might not make any money your first month doing telemarketing, but you might make, you know, hundred hundreds of thousands of dollars a year after a few years. So it, it's again, people are more used to it coming from those professions. Um, coming from a wage or a salary type job, you have to be cognizant that you're going to be much more. Uh, you're going to be much more prone to quitting and stopping halfway through. And as we all, uh, as we know, you don't get the gold if you go halfway to it. All the golds, yep, to get to the gold, you have to go all the way to the gold. Um, uh, other other things I've seen have been um, fo- I, I, the, the easiest, the easiest, the easiest number one thing that separates the successful people so I told you what separates the unsuccessful people out is that a lot of them, again, they're giving up wage and salary. The successful people, the number one thing is they surround themselves with other people working towards the same goals or that are already better yet that are doing the same sort of thing. Um, many of the, you know, I've had a number of students, almost a dozen now, I believe, that have uh, earned over a million dollars doing affiliate marketing, which is pretty exciting. And some of some of these folks, you know, one of my students has tens of millions of dollars um, uh, just from literally coming from working a job before taking my training course. And now he has tens of millions of dollars, which is he has more money. He has more money than me now. Um, and the reason why he and many of the other people who have made a million dollars plus in this industry or, you know, in what I train with people on, which is affiliate marketing, is because he surrounded himself with other affiliate marketers. He hung out with them. He did free work for them. He took my training course. And then he, he was in San Diego. He was located in a place where many other affiliate marketers are and other uh, companies. And he went to take, he went to, but a lot of people live in San Diego that aren't successful in affiliate marketing. He went the extra step to connect with those folks, to go to events, to meet people, to get there, to go through that whole awkward process of, uh, hey, I'm a dude, you're a dude, but like, you know, maybe we can like hang out sometime and we can, can I get your number? Cool, man, cool. I don't know. I'm thinking of that uh, that that scene in Fight Club where uh, 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 Edward Norton was trying to ask Brad Pitt um, for, uh, you know, if he could stay at his place after he blew up his apartment Um, and that. and, And but people are so, again, just like Edward Norton in that movie, people are so scared of imposing themselves on the world and really, truly living that they. They don't ask that person for their phone number. They don't ask if they could talk later. Um, whereas the winners, they surround themselves with people moving in the same jet stream. And uh, even if they're further ahead, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter if they're way further ahead. They are still in the same jet stream and they're following along. And um, that's what makes them successful. People. Proximity.
Yeah, I, I remember extracting that from one of the videos you had made. It, that was one of three about the importance of building your network and not being, uh, not not letting your network be thrust upon you by just having the friends that we had grown up with or, or our family, both of which I have. Um, and uh, incidentally enough, the, the friends that I have kept have all, we've, we've stuck around because we believe in forward momentum and we want to continue to support each other in that way, whatever that uh, looks like. So that, 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 that is massive. And nowadays being uh, online, it's God, it's, it's never been so easy to, to reach out to people and just start building a, a network of like-minded people. In a, in a way. Yeah. I'd say, in, yeah, it's, it's, it's never, it's never been easier because you know where everything is, you know, where everything's happening. The quality of conversation goes down and also the noise goes up for, for many people. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say it's just unbelievably easy to reach people. And, and I mean, like people also forget, like there are so many really highly intelligent old people out there who have already built massive marketing businesses, massive businesses doing outsourcing, massive businesses doing finance, massive businesses doing real estate, and they're retired and they have all the time in the world. And uh, nobody talks to them anymore. I mean, it is so, you know, like, wh- why why try to reach Elon Musk when you can find a thousand other billionaires who are retired that are just have nothing but free time? And they're not necessarily going to be in their email. But if you catch them in the right place uh, at the right time, you can forge connections with really anybody who's been anywhere in life uh it's yeah it's absolutely incredible it's 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 amazing i mean it's like like what i used i used linkedin you know i i use linkedin a lot to reach out to people and it just it boggles my mind how easy it is that i'm getting in touch with folks who have built multi-billion dollar companies and uh i get to talk to them uh for free uh you know and they give me advice it's just <laughs> i it just it's it's so crazy and uh it's possible and yeah a lot of people don't take advantage of it most people don't. yeah i mean at this point i owe somebody a coffee because there's a punch card where if i say this eight times you know i owe them a coffee which is that uh i mean my this is my job so i get to talk to people such as yourself who have uh, such immense impact and influence on the world um i, I think to your, to your point about elon musk I think you made an amazing point. I hope people take away this, that there are so many people who can help us that aren't Elon Musk. And the thing is about somebody like him is that like my exposure to him has like 90% been um, coincidence. Like he's, he comes up on the Twitter feed. Um, you've brought him up. Other people bring him up. I did deliberately go watch the episode he had on on Joe Rogan, but that's because he was on my radar so much. So I can't help but connect with him just because he's, you know, he's, he's, he's inundated in my, in my, in my usual algorithms. So, so there is that, that some of that connection is, is beyond our control, but we still have much more free will to uh, affect that, edit that and do what you're recommending, which is to reach out to people who have the time and have already done the work. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I've gotten, I'll I'll kind of riff on that. I mean, what I've gotten into, uh, which I love to do this, like my new cool, like social hack is I try to find the best person ever at a specific activity, Um, like data analysis, for instance, or so, you know, uh, has been my kick recently. 
and um, finding product market fit was a previous one. And I try to find all the people in the world that have found product market fit um, on a big scale, on a billion dollar scale. Now, it's it's really easy to name out a few of the people like Brian Chesky, who founded Airbnb and and uh, Stuart Butterfield, who founded Slack. And uh, you, 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 some of these people, you know, uh, what is it? David Rusenko, who founded Weebly. Right. You find these folks who have found a who have solved a massive problem in business. Um but you, you can't Google it. You can't say who are some people with interviews on YouTube who have found product market fit. And whenever you're asking problems that it, whenever you're asking yourself questions uh, that cannot be Googled, you're probably on the right track uh, just with business uh, because you're 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 getting in. That means you're starting to get in real deep and. Um, finding somebody who does data analysis, again, I'm looking at employees too. I'm looking at the first employees of Facebook. I'm looking at the first employees that created the algorithms at Instagram, at, uh, at Google. Uh, you're looking for a very specific type of person. And sometimes they're not even billionaires. You know, they're just, they're, they were merely an employee and understanding how they think about a particular area within business um, as opposed to what I've generally been doing is trying to understand their overall mindset is massively helpful. And, I, and, and again, you can take that to any problem you want to solve. If it's starting a business, again, there's so many resources out there if you search how to start a business. The second caveat here is that if you look up how to start a business and you take advice from a random blog that shows up first from somebody who was paid a paid article writer for some website that does content, um, that's not you're not necessarily going to get the meat and potatoes. You want to hear how to start a business from somebody who has successfully started a business and preferably multiple businesses before. Um, so that's where when you're fine, you, you got to find, you know, specific problems are good, but you want specific problems. You want the answers to those to be from people who have actually done it. And this goes on a whole other tangent, which is why business, a lot of business schools, um, you're learning from professors, oftentimes who have who were not successful um, in their own careers, doing management or doing finance or doing maybe if you want to learn how to get a finance job, you learn you, you can learn from your professor who had a finance job. But if you want to be an entrepreneur. The only way to do it is you have to learn from somebody who's done what you've done before. And uh, this goes on another topic of like, I see these people that are completely unqualified to give business advice, giving advice online. You know, we have, uh, you know, the online gurus have a whole host of people now that talk against us. And it's harmful for people to take business advice from somebody who's never started a business and is just being negative. So it's it's uh it's it's tricky but who you take advice from is so critical um and it's something I spend a huge deal of time um figuring out for myself. 
So here's something that I'm I'm gonna ask, and this is something that I uh, I'm struggling with personally, and so I'm hoping that you know yeah. uh, the listeners, uh, you know, hopefully they they have this issue too. So at least this isn't a complete misuse of their time, but you know, it is for content end of the day. So what my struggle is to elevate myself to the level of the people that I'm talking to. Some of that there are solutions to that. Some of it is I'm starting I've started my own uh, online store. I'm working on my own little empire so that I will raise my bedrock and be able to not only understand the technique better, to ask better questions, um, to fear, you know, making rent a little bit less and just kind of like get away from the system and more be on my own free stuff, which is I know something that you're you're big on is freedom and breaking of the breaking free of the system. So my question to you is um, when you're reaching out to people who are you know, they're, they're, they're billionaires. You've said some of this about how you, you create a sense of urgency and you're very like a curt with the language just to make sure that, you know, you show what you're, you're up to, but within yourself is how are you, how do you get over, if you get over it, the, that sense of like survival, you know, that cortisol uh, running through the system, um, that, that, that nervousness. Cause that's something that I would love to be able to deal with, at least get a really good grip on. Yeah. And, and that, that survival thing, right. That's going outside of our emotional comfortability range. Um, that's really hard. And it's been, uh, I'll, I'll give an example because I don't like giving advice, I, but I, I, I can, I have personal experiences that can be drawn from. So last year we shifted, we made the shift from YouTube advertising to TV advertising completely. And it was simply because I'm the only marketer in my company. I run a three-person company, um, and uh, we're trying to build software at the end of the day. Uh, or we, are, we build software at the end of the day. So I'm really kind of the odd man out doing marketing. And at shifting from YouTube advertising, again, we were spending around 100000 a month, and we would – or a week, I mean. And um, we, we paid that money off. 30 days after the end of the month. So the terms were monthly net 30. So I made money day seven and I didn't have to pay money back until day 60. Now the boat TV works the other way around. You have to pay for your TV advertising a month to two months in advance. You have to pay at least a month in advance. So I went from monthly net 30 terms to negative 30 day terms, basically. Um, and that was a huge cash flow crunch because if you do the math, right, that is a, that is a pivot of about $1.2 million. Okay. That means because that, that is, it, it uses a lot of cash, right? 400,000 a month. And there's a three month difference so it changes the whole equation around $1.2 million. So even if I'm highly profitable on TV, it's still changing the fact that instead of me getting paid first and then having to pay my expenses 60 days later, now I, I get paid later and I have to pay for things 30 days up front. And that was mentally wearing on me. That was really hard. And I knew it was going to be a very difficult period because, again, there's just a lot of when I'm when I'm running a business, I like, you know, I've always run affiliate type businesses because I like if I spend money, I make money. I want to see it. I want to see it happen like right that same day. I don't want to be like waiting on like, where's my money? 
And that was another reason why I didn't get into e-commerce like Amazon or drop shipping, because again, you're still, you're dealing with, you know, ordering stuff from, you know, you're paying for stuff in advance and, you know, waiting a month or two for it to get over from China and stocked and fulfilled. And so I just like, again, I like to keep the math simple. And it was so wearing on me seeing my bank account just go down and down and down and down and down during this transitionary period while I, but I knew the business was profitable. I knew that every dollar I spent on advertising made me back two or three or four. So why is my bank account going down? Right. And it created, it turned it. And for months, I was living in this survival instinct because it just, there's something there. It's like, if I'm profitable, I should be making money. But like, that's not always the way all businesses work with cash flow cycles. And I'm still convincing myself of it, as you hear me right now, because it's such a crazy concept. And um, I created projections for myself. Um, I also just mentally prepared for this to happen. But the projections I put on spreadsheets allowed me to see that, okay, basically, it allowed me to see that there is going to be a six-month period, which we are still at, we're at the tail end of and coming out of. There's be a six-month period where the cash just, it sucks. And it looks like I'm losing money. But I know... I'm hitting my numbers and I'm profitable and I'm getting through it. So that was really hard. But again, I had to take my emotions out of it. And I had to look at the actual numbers, the money, the whatever, and really just understand the business model. Um, that was probably one of the hardest things. And we're still in it and it scares the shit out of me. You know, I, I'm, I just... I was at the bank yesterday. I sent a quarter million uh, dollars away for uh, more TV ads. You know, it just, I, I want my bank account to only be growing, but it's just, it's, I don't know. It just works like that. Well, I, I appreciate that before you got into that, you said that you don't like uh, directly give advice, uh, which is good. And I'm going to keep that in mind because I think generally it's better to hear stories and examples and stuff like that. Um, yes. So that I appreciate. And then I also appreciate the fact that well, I mean, not that it's something to celebrate, but the fact that you are, uh, you can, in your position, still be in that survival is something that I look to uh, unravel uh, here on the show, which is, you know, we're all human beings. And I, I'm, I'm certain that a lot of the people that, you know, you talk to and that you reach out to, um, whatever level that they're at, they're in that instinct as well, because their bedrock, and this is a term I started using like yesterday, their bedrock has elevated. So for them, they have a new bottom that they could, uh, they could potentially get to, and they don't want to crack through that because then they lose their ability to influ to have that influence that they're having. Um, so it's, it's fascinating, and I guess in in some ways it doesn't it doesn't really go away. Um, I, I imagine you know even people who retire, they're 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 sitting around and they realize that they're losing time now, they're not really doing anything, and maybe the survival instinct starts to kick in in that way. So it really, it's it's always going to be there, and I think that is probably the most important takeaway that I could extract from it. Yeah, I mean it's it's. It's exciting. There was all these little hacks, but the more, the more, you know, but finding out that I could find, you know, old people as mentors, uh, you know, it doesn't strike you right off the bat, or maybe it doesn't work in all industries, or maybe it does. I don't know. But 
again, you just you create your own luck. The more the more you're out there, the more you're trying to get deals and the more you're setting up ads, the more you're contacting the support, you know, Google ads support desk or the more you're posting and Facebook groups about specific problems you have rather than keeping them to yourself, the more you are opening yourself up to the world and you're going to find, you're going to find those little gems. You're going to create your luck that way. You're not going to create your luck by holding your problems to yourself. Um, uh, you're not going to create your luck by, uh, you know, just not spending the time to do research or to, you know, put up ads or to read, you know, doing outreach or sales. You're, you're, you're not going to create your luck doing nothing. You're going to create your luck being out there and active and doing things that other people don't. So, you know, that's just been, you know, and, and similar to TV, right? Many people could have just looked at TV and said a quarter million dollars to do TV. Why don't you just, you know, you're already running a profitable, you know, YouTube ads business. Why don't you just do keep doing YouTube ads and just do it a little bit different? But again, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Um, so uh, you just you just got to be out there. I every year I'm I'm trying out I try three things that scare the shit out of me. Um, a few years ago, it was uh, learning to fly helicopters. Um, last year, it was spending $100,000 on a mastermind group, some like networking thing. Um, uh, it was hiring an advisor, uh, spending uh, another six figures hiring an advisor that's an investment banker. Um, you know, and all these things scare the shit out of me because they have no, you know, I'm spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on all these little side bets. that really have no direct any correlation to revenue <laughs> like zero there's zero linkage to revenue with hiring an advisor it's like let's listen to somebody talk for ten thousand dollars an hour um so you know some work out some don't you know that mastermind group i was in it's just kind of a waste of time and they're pitching us investment opportunities now and also covid happened and all this stuff um but the infomercial it worked out Right. So like that's my new business and like that's scaling. It's doing millions of dollars a year now, you know, so it's like but I wouldn't have found that if I didn't if I didn't do those other two bets that cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars that uh, uh, that didn't work out. I wouldn't have had that third one, which did work out and has made me millions. So I don't know. Can I get better at it over time? Yeah, I'm sure. But I still I still got to take shots. That's I still got to take risks that scare me and that other people aren't willing to do, um, I believe, in order to uh, really grow my business in an abnormal way. Mm -hmm. And there is a it's not like one of the more common through lines that I observe on the program, but I have observed it is that there is a renaissance of different mediums that while one might perceive them to either be outdated or on their way out, they actually just become revolutionized. Um, I've talked to people in the past about postcards, sending postcards in the mail, and the, the tangible postcard can can connect with people. Uh, you've talked about television. I talked to somebody recently about a terrestrial radio. So all of these mediums can be revitalized and can be innovated in unique ways. And it's almost like the more people underestimate them, the more an opportunity there is to find what exactly. can be new. Yeah. 
it went up 100%. There's so many things that are underestimated because everybody's talking about Facebook ads. Everybody's talking about Facebook ads and yeah. drop shipping. Well, that's, and that's, that's what we talk about here for sure. And, you know, and, and, and so, you know, that that's what everybody's talking about. So that's got to be the best thing, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, you're right. But people, the, the problem is that, yeah, it's a great place to start, but you don't necessarily need to, you know, like you should try things again, where, you know, it, Facebook ads is one way. Yeah. Billboards, billboards and bus benches and postcards, all of these ways are ways to reach people. It doesn't matter which one works. I, it's not like I care whether I'm building a business that's advertising on TV or on Facebook or YouTube. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just I'm just a crash test dummy. I'm just out there breaking stuff to figure I'm just out there trying different things because other people aren't. Other people are so, you know, they're so scared to go outside of that tr the lanes of that training program. Um, uh, and, and they're just so scared to go outside of those lanes that, that they miss out on, um, the fun and the love of the process. And I, I like to think of it as a scientific process. Entrepreneurship is a scientific process. Um, it is, you, you create, you know, and the scientific process, which was innovated by Isaac Newton, um, possibly the smartest man you know, in the world or of the, our millennium before Isaac Newton, they're what like scientists just kind of like, they're just kind of like mixing things together. You know, a lot of alchemy, you know, a lot of scientists were alchemists or chemists, you know, they're just mixing things together. And there wasn't a process. They were just kind of like, let's see what happens. I don't know this, this like nit, you know, nitrous oxide, you know, we'll mix it with this metal or something. Whereas Newton, what he did and why he advanced the world in such a dramatic way was because he said, okay, first, before I embark on an experiment, I'm going to create a hypothesis. I believe if I do X, that Y will happen. And we can take the same, we should take the same thing to business. I certainly do. As I say, if I do X, Y will happen. And if Y does not happen, then I figure out what 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 was different. What was different? What changed? How was my thinking incorrect? What vary? Oh, maybe there's additional variables. Maybe if I, you know, if I'm profitable, if I'm two x r two x ROI on Facebook ads, and I double my budget, I should get double the ROI. But it didn't happen. Okay, you need to look at what other variables might I be missing out. Well. There's this whole thing about the algorithm and may, you know, like how the algorithm works. Okay. Maybe if I just duplicate my ad group, maybe if I just duplicate my campaign, it'll work out. But again, you have to really set that hypothesis first to figure out where you're going to be wrong. And so many, uh, I, a lot of the entrepreneurs that don't do it right, again, they come from wage or salary type jobs because they're taught you do A, then you do B, you clock in and you do A, and every time you do A, B happens. Um, or every time you do X, Y happens. Whereas in entrepreneurship, uh, and, and people who come from the wage or salary jobs, they just like flip out. They're like, I did A, B, and C, but I didn't get the result. What? It's all bunk. Right. They their mind flips out because they can't deal with the uh, uncertainty. 
Um, but human dynamics, sales, marketing, stock trading, real estate prices, demand and supply, capitalism is a human uh, is a is a market led by human dynamics. It's been yeah, it's been fantastic, and uh, and I and I appreciate just being able to really hear your thought process and be able to share some of my own personal. Uh, questions with you as well so uh, it's been great i definitely got other stuff that i'd love to talk to you about someday but we will table that for another day so for our listeners um we didn't get into uh, john's backstory but his backstory is on his youtube so john tell us how to find you on youtube and then we'll let you go just search my name john cristani on youtube okay terrific all right take care everybody we'll check in soon thanks for listening you might have found this show on many number of platforms apple podcasts Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you, so whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at Debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to Debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.